This show is about nothing and everything at the same time. We are a diverse group with our own ideas and experiences, which in no way is meant to represent an absolute truth. We know nothing. The three of us have our own biases, experiences, and are just looking to pursue deeper understanding. We're bound to make mistakes in our pursuit of shared wisdom. You're invited to learn along with us. Welcome Hermes AM crew to episode five, a special episode, All Hallows Eve. Today, Tao, Nooligan, and myself talk about personal haunted stories. We share pop culture and movies, and then also look at growing up, what trick-or-treating looked like, and then it being 2020 and COVID happening, what the world looks like with that. Um, if you have any recommendations or you have any stories you'd like to tell, check us out at hermesrepair.com. Share information, connect with us. We're also on Instagram at Hermes Repair. Let's get into this episode. Enjoy. I have sort of secondhand ghost stories, like things that happened for me growing up, but I just never actually noticed them happening. Uh all of my siblings will say like, oh yeah, this occurred and that occurred. But I guess apparently I don't have the gift of seeing anything supernatural the way other people in my family do. I mean, does supernatural exist? That's the craziest, like, that's the crazy thing, right? Like there's people that chase it. It's like, to me, yeah. my kids are like, oh, the monsters and stuff. I'm like, none of it exists. Like I've never experienced any of it. It's all like bogus, <laughs> right? Like it's all... I think it's like I think it's got to be a frame of mind thing, right? So it's got to be some part of your subconscious, and then because you rationalize something unexpected happening, and then your mind goes to creating stuff like a story, and I think that's where they come from. Um, and then you know, like so there's there's numerous times when something happens, you get a weird feeling, a weird like what you call, and then these things kind of then you start your mind starts racing and trying to rationalize it, and then sometimes you can't rationalize it, so you just make up some thing that you think you've heard before like it's a ghost or it's a or it's like this thing that i bought this thing that that must be where that thing came from like i bought this used thing from somewhere right you're trying to rationalize uh the supernatural and, and giving it some kind of uh thing i don't know but like there's people that obviously don't feel anything or don't see anything well, like yeah i mean there's sense. been there was a moment so you're talking about indian <laughs> reservations right like um, I was in yeah, Eugene yeah. with some friends and we're like, Oh, let's go to this, uh, in Indian graveyard. And no, no, it was, there. we did it like in the middle of the night. <laughs> and so we're driving and I mean, I'm, I'm in this car with like four other people and we're driving and all of a sudden we turned down, we, we got, we, we were lost in the first place. Right. We didn't, cause it's like, it's dark out and it's not like this place is like lit up and like, Oh, Hey, come to your, yeah. We, all of a sudden we turn on this gravel road. All you see is hedges and darkness. And I was like, oh shit finally we find it we shine the lights of the the car like headlights on the hill that all these i mean basically right like they are on platforms these are bodies wrapped on platforms and um that's their their, their graveyard right and so it was like it was eerie and then there was this house at the top of the hill and it was like okay we got to do this quick so that before like somebody comes from that house at the top of the hill and just like devours our souls or something right <laughs> Yeah, and so, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, there are only people that get eaten by sharks and by bears. Like, like, and nobody else gets eaten by that shit. They're only ones. Like, you guys want to explore that shit? I wouldn't even yeah. go to Indian reservation. 
<laughs> Sorry, I won't even go to not the resident. Yeah, well, I want to go to a reservation I didn't know about, but I won't even. I barely go to my own, and there's no way I'm going to Indian Cemetery. Like you know, <laughs> why? You because like there's one over by my reservation that dude, you nobody'd ever know where it was. It's on the it's on this mountain, and you got to go up these hills and through all this stuff. And then you don't even know it's there. But if you go there at night, man, you can get lost up there. And something probably just so, you I mean, forever, you know? What is it about yeah. Indian burial grounds that's more scary than, like, a regular cemetery? Is it, like, just the remote location? I think, there's got, I think it's got to be the remote location. It's kind of just put in the middle of nowhere. And there's not, like, big signage or something like a like a traditional cemetery. It's it's very much different, right? Like, you, like you can barely see it. There's no real... Um, stuff there to indicate it and then um so it's kind of and it's also creepy because you look at like uh like i guess there's a lot of vengeful spirits there you know so then you're also looking at um that i think that and just the supernatural the just how the history of being a native american i think there's a lot of folklore folklore spirituality there that causes for something to be unexpected and a bit kind of creepy you know your description, Spence, of driving down this secluded road in the middle of nowhere reminded me that I recently found out that there is actually a rather famous road near where uh, New and I live in a, a town called Rio Linda. There is a street called Dyer Lane that people frequently go to to try to look up like ghost hauntings. Uh, a few years ago, a dead body was dumped there. That's not the cause of the haunting, but I guess someone decided, well, there's already a bunch of dead things here anyway, so we might as well just put this here. Um, but there's lots of stories of people yeah. going there in the middle of the night and finding, you know, hitchhikers that disappear in their rearview mirror, uh, headlights that appear behind them and seem to be approaching them and almost chasing them. And then once they leave the street, they're gone. Uh, a lot of weird stories. We should go check it out on Halloween New. We'll report back. So that's where we we ask the the, the listeners to <laughs> if you have ever really like genuinely experienced some supernatural stuff, right? Like what what is it? Because I'm I'm not a believer right now, so you got to com convince me. Well, so my family does have right. a lot of stories, and the thing is, like I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in the supernatural because I think part of it is as an Asian, it's just innately ingrained in us to be scared of ghosts. Uh, but also the other thing is, um, I feel like growing up as a Catholic, like kind of believing in the supernatural is kind of built into the religion itself. And so, you know, my mom would tell me stories all the time, but my sis my siblings and I will say, you know, there are plenty of times where they've lied to me in the past. So they could still be lying to me about all these stories, but they would tell me stories growing up in our old apartment when we were really little of things that would happen, like um, doors, you know, opening and closing, seeing like mysterious imprints in the bed. Uh, one night, I think we had like a, a balloon with words on it. And there was like this anti-gang celebration, you know, like one of those like safe night things going on. And my siblings were watching uh, what was happening outside the window and they turned around and the message on the balloon had changed to something that was like a hate message and so they have all these stories when I was little um, and you know my cousin I've, I've said before like I 
have never noticed these things. And I think part of it is I've always been really an oblivious child. Uh, but I do have a cousin who swears that she has seen things that she gets premonitions and dreams. Uh, and, you know, she'll say things like, you know, she will see uh, an aunt or even our grandma that's passed away in her dreams. And she would say something about her dad or her mom or someone saying like very specifically something about them and she'd wake up and then she'd immediately call them saying like what are you doing where are you and then shortly after they would end up getting sick and like being hospitalized so again you know maybe she has the gift I remember one time I woke up and I saw this shadowy figure standing above me and I am terrible in the morning so of course the first thing that I said out of my mouth rather than being scared because I was groggy was what are you doing here? And then I just rolled over and went back to sleep. And I remember I told my sisters and my mom and they had to debate for a while about it. They're like, it was probably nothing. And that was that. Um, but when I was little, we had uh, one of my aunts came over. And the reason why she stayed with us was because she needed to see like a spirit guide because she was being haunted by ghosts to the point where she was experiencing paralysis. She, she would, they were harassing her, I suppose. And um, during her stay, you know, this spirit guide would come and he would put all these little things around the house to try to protect her. Um, and my mom claimed, and again, I, I will say that there were times when my mom lied for, to me for sure. But uh, she actually, there was one time I got, came home and she was absolutely terrified. And supposedly my mom and her saw this like bug creature fly up to our screen door. And they said it, it was like a bug body, but it had a human head and it was trying to get into the house and it couldn't. And there was a point where she was suffering from paralysis so badly that we actually had to call the ambulance to come pick her up. And in the end, what happened was uh, there's like a ceremony that you can do to try to, I guess, uh, guide them into the next life. And so they, they put like a little bonfire in front of the house. There are these little like pap fake paper money and clothes that you can burn uh, as, you know, offerings to them to help guide them. You put food there also. Uh, and another thing we did was like burn cigarettes. I wasn't allowed outside because I was too little. And I don't know, apparently too little to watch this. So my siblings shooed me away. But when they came back in, they told me that, you know, when they were staring at the cigarettes, it was burning down unnaturally fast as if someone was sucking on it. Uh, so, and the funny thing is, uh, I used to share a room with my sister and a few years later, around the anniversary when my aunt stayed there, my sister had something visit her while I was in the room next to her asleep. So, of course, I didn't notice anything. And the thing is, my sister supposedly looks like my aunt, like very similar to what my aunt looked like when she was younger. And so my sister woke up, could not move. And there was a man with red skin staring over her and just like watching her very closely. And she couldn't move. She couldn't yell for me. She couldn't do anything. So these are the stories that I hear growing up. And um, so I do believe that, I mean, I like to believe that there's something supernatural in the world. Like I believe that there are a lot of things out there that you can't mm -hmm. explain. Whether or not these exact stories are actually true, I don't know. Cause again, my siblings 
used to love lying to me when I was little. Even if they were trying to scare me, they wouldn't get the pleasure. I have a hard enough time. Just I avoid horror movies, right? Like I was on a date one time actually with my friend Nick and then this girl Jamila I was dating. Um, We went to go see Resident Evil, right? And with (laughs) Resident Evil already, uh, I playing the video game Resident Evil 2 I had for the like Nintendo 64, right? And uh, there was a moment where something pops out of a window and like grabs the guy. Oh, well, there's that too, oh, right? The dogs, the I just jumped dogs. up. I turned off the game. Yeah. I walk out of the room. I like, I, and I don't think I played the game for a few days. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, I literally, I was like, you know what? No, Fuck no, it. Like, I've never gotten a book for a game before, but I'm getting one for this game. So I know where every single zombie is coming up. So I, and on every level, because I was like, I was not about to be playing this game anymore otherwise. <laughs> And so I've straight up got that book. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm on this date. We're watching the movie. We're sitting at the very top of the theater. Something, it's Resident Evil. Something pops out of nowhere. I jump out of my seat and just fly down the stairs. And my, like, Nick's like dying at me. He's just like, and this girl's probably thinking I'm like strange. It's just that, like, I just, I I don't, yeah, I have a hard time. If something, you can tell something's coming, it's like, ooh, something's coming. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I don't, I don't like those when they tweak their heads slowly to a side either and then stare at you. I don't like that. I don't like I don't like clowns. I don't uh, like that either. The original oh, it as far I mean, kids now are like, oh, yeah, Pennywise. Like, it's just like this huge, like, they're all cool Pennywise. You know, so, you know, the problem with that movie is, is simply this. Pennywise, when in the original it, he was almost so scary that he was scary because he was ominous. Like, he would look at you kind of with this weird face, and you were like, as a kid, you look at him like, that's really odd. It's not really scary, but it's really weird. And then if he was like this, and he was like, hey, come here, I got something for you. You're like, um, I don't, well, he doesn't look that scary. Maybe, like, maybe I'll go check it out, right? So this, the new Pennywise, is just blatantly scary. There's no way you walk up to him. The, the, what's creepy about the original one and the, the, with the Tim Curry one is that there's the possibility that you'd actually go and talk to him because he was kind yeah. of like Yeah, they, you're sitting there wondering, like, how are you so stupid? Are you blind? How are you, why are you approaching yeah, this person? Yeah. The new one is just like, that's why it's not as scary. The original one is terrifying because of the fact that you, I think as a kid, you might be curious. And I think that's what's even more scary. I love watching scary movies, but it's not like I don't get scared. Like I, I do. And like, if I'm watching a scary movie, I will have a hard time walking down the hallway in the middle of the night. I don't want to walk by any reflections. I don't want to walk by any mirrors or like windows. And then when I go to yeah. bed, I sleep, I wake up and I'm fine. So, I was, so I was, yeah, no, that's like, I'm with Spence. I don't watch scary movies. It's not a question I need answered. Yeah. I don't need to go and freak mm-hmm. myself out in oh. order to feel anything. I'm like, no, I'm cool with just being like, you know, I like to laugh. I like to watch. I like drama stuff. I like, you know, I don't, but I don't really need, like, I have so many movies in my iTunes account. I'm telling you right now, maybe you have like seven horror movies and they're all old ones, like the original Dracula, <laughs> like Invisible Man, like when, the ones that are not that scary that I find kind of just funny and scary, you know? So my favorite, my favorite um, X-Files episode is the episode where Mulder interviews the um, the guy, the old man that worked as a Negro, the Negro Leagues, um, like he was working at the stadium where the Negro League was playing. And there was a guy there that was so good at baseball that all the, every time that like the scouts would come see him, he would strike out on purpose. 
And then as the story progressed, it turns out that he was a goddamn alien and he just loved to play baseball. And I that was my favorite episode of all time because like it was almost like he was so good at it and he like he left wherever he was from and he fell in love with baseball and that's all he did. And he was so good at it, but he didn't want people looking like going into his life or thinking about his life. So he kind of just continued to like hide it. So he'd strike out every single time, you know, and I always thought that was like that was my favorite episode. It was, it was that, was, that was like origin like stories of the dead ball league right you know? there. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah there was totally. the guy who yeah, and, like, and it was like that. a reoccurring character right the guy who could morph into like little small areas he was the men in black guy he was always around too, yeah well he yeah, yeah he he could like crawl through like the vents and like gush through like the the all that stuff and then he was like yeah eating people or killing yeah. people that way and then there was another one where, where like there was yeah. this extraterrestrial yeah. that like they couldn't see it, but it could see them. And like they would cut to like it like there's like being some something was in a field like moving around. And uh, yeah, that those two. Right. Like I watched all like I pretty much watched all the X-Files. No, the X-Files are great. Like uh, yeah, that was kind of like your introduction to all that stuff after I grew up because I grew up with um, Twilight Zone. And then moved into like X Files afterwards and stuff like that, and I was sort of like kind of obsessed with the whole alien thing, the Men in Black thing, and then uh, yeah, it's always very clever. So I'll so I'll share some like stories when I grew up, kind of like similar to how well, you know it's interesting how when you tell me those rituals um that you guys went through for uh like you know for like sending somebody off, we have something similar on the reservation. It's called like a cry dance, which is kind of similar. Like, so when somebody passes away, you tend to gather their stuff and then you, you, you create like a bonfire, you invite everybody over and then they sing and they chant. And as that's going on, you're, um, you're burning their things in order to send them, send it with them. Um, I participated in a few when I was younger, but it's, it's interesting to hear that you have similar um, kind of beliefs, even though you guys, you're, you're Vietnamese and I'm, um, I grew up, um, Native American for the most part. So that, but it's, we have a similar kind of ritual when it comes to sending someone off. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, anyways, like, uh, so what I, like when, when Spence was talking about the ominous, uh, <laughs> the ominous Native American uh, uh, burial ground, uh, we actually had one on the reservation that was, that was pretty much more like a cemetery. I never walked down there, never walked near it. Um, but that's like that, like we just have something similar, but we also had other burial grounds up in the mountains. Um, and I grew up in a valley that was very much, there was nothing there. It was just kind of just a few houses and we we're surrounded by mountains. Um, so it was very like when, we, when it was dark outside, it would just, you could see every star and everything. Like it was so bright that the stars would just light the, the paths for everything. So you can kind of see everything, even when it was really dark at night, um, you see the shadows, everything else. Um, what, like a story that I remember when I was really like a little kid that I was kind of told later on, and I somewhat remember it, was that I guess like my uncle lived in a house down the road. Um, he was kind of like separated from his, his my aunt and he was living in a house by himself. Um, and I guess he was at his house doing something, um, you know, just hanging out at his house. And then I, I fell asleep in the living room of our house and, uh, and my parents went to bed. And then they said I woke up in the middle of the night 
I woke up like around like three o'clock in the morning and walked out and I knocked on their door and I was like, will you tell those people oh, to stop arguing or stop yelling outside? And I was like, and I was, I was like five or six years old. And they were like, my parents were like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm what woke me up. There's people outside yelling and they're really loud. I don't know what's somebody tells me needs to tell them to stop, you know, and then they go outside and there's nothing. Right. There's nothing outside at all. Um, then eventually I go to bed and then they find out the next day that my uncle passed away that night at his house. And then like, so the story goes is that he was being taken and then he was arguing with somebody outside and then like, and I, and I overheard it. So, cause there was nobody, there's like, there's nothing. There's not like people walking around my reservation like late at night or nothing like that. There's nothing there. But that was like the story goes is I heard him like getting taken and then I just like it was just basically me overhearing the conversation and him arguing with whoever was taking him, you know, and then I woke up and that was like the story. And then there's like a bunch of other little things that happened like that. Um, another like another family story was that um, later on, as I was in high school, uh, we had these like a house that kind of had these um, it had a really high roof. Like a really, it was one one story had really high roof. The windows were so high up on the roof that you need this long pole to open the window. So it's kind of like it had like a roof that had like a almost like a a top tier where you can kind of walk on it. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but anyways, when I was uh in high school or something, they there was this like this one really drunk uh, drunk um, guy that was dating one of my somebody on the reservation. He said he was walking up the reservation really late at night past our house. And then he said he was walking by our house and he said on the roof of our house, there was just a bunch of black shadows sitting on our house. Like, because of, because it kind of dipped down and had like almost like a, like a plateau you can sit on um, or stand on. And then he was just saying, there's a bunch of things on top of your house. And then um, my, they told my dad. And what's interesting, I was young enough that I, like when I was young, I naturally would always cover up those top windows because I always felt like somebody was looking at me in those windows because it was so high up in my bedroom that you couldn't cover them. So I remember getting a ladder when I was younger and covering them up with like basketball posters and shit like that because I always felt like there was something sitting on those windows looking in. I don't know why I always felt like that, but I always did. And then so when that when they walked by, like when that was like when that guy walked by super drunk and then told us that it was like for me, it was confirmation that there was things up on top of our roof. Right. And then so later on, I guess we found like some of my our uh, my mom, my dad's uh, like aunts passed away because they were getting older. And then from what I understand is after they passed, then those things, like, they almost kind of cleansed the area and got rid of the things that were there. But there was always these weird, like, thing, like occurrences and spirits that were around our house. But they were always also, <clears throat> there also could be, it's uh, like what me and Tao, what I was telling Tao was like, at one point they could be kind of discerned as curses because, like, ten, technically there's a lot of in Native American culture where you have so much bad blood between families that potentially you're getting cursed by another family. And, and there's, there's totally ways of doing that. So some of the interesting ways about cursing um, in where I grew up was in the way of gifts. So like, which was interesting is like, so you, you guys are all aware of like Native American things that are beaded yeah. or um, made. 
right? Um, handmade or hand beaded, hand sewed, any of these kind of things. Um, so what? Ha- what? So there's a way of cursing a certain person or a family by the person making these things could put all of these ne- this negative energy while they're making it. Like they can like they can really be angry while they're making something, and then they can be- then basically once they're done, they gift it to someone, and then it's basically gifting you or your family all the negative um, energy that you so that's basically when I grew up there was a lot of uh, cursing between um, other families um, and I know like then it's like a strong belief of um, my family kind of goes into like always kind of uh, saying oh that person cursed us and blah 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 there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that going on where there was a lot of different variations of cursing and having to try to break the curses and stuff like that and um also another one but i was going to save this for like possibly like talking to my father right there's an interesting thing about um how it was i was named to like um my name is Heinenu, like most of you guys know uh i was actually when i was born i wasn't given a name i was i didn't have a name for a good amount of time so i was just called baby for a long time um for a few like i think i don't know if it was like for a month or a few weeks or something i didn't have a name because I was supposed to be named, my, my dad's aunt was supposed to name me, but she didn't do it right away. She took time to think about it. So, so I didn't have a name for a, a while. And then she, uh, then she eventually named me Hainu, which is based off of an old folktale in our area. And it's ba- it basically means mischievous. So <laughs> it's like, and it, bas- and it also means, and it also means like a spirit or a ghost. And also very mischievous at that. <laughs> so, and that's what I was named after. I was like, um, which was another interesting whole story, kind of going into like my upbringing and where I grew up and how I grew up around all this supernatural stuff and all these like different folk tales and myths and legends and event. Like eventually, like just in, gen- in general, I had no choice but to be into folk tales and, and storytelling, right? All of my friends seem to think that I'm a lot braver than I actually am, because if I watch movies with them, it's harder for me to be scared because they're just so terrified that I'm next to them laughing at them. And that's almost like a coping mechanism for me. Uh, And the same thing happens in haunted houses. It's been a long time since I've gone to one, but a lot of times they will end up hiding behind me. And so what ends up happening is the haunted like house actors ignore me and they just go right to my friends behind me because they're just so scared. And then I just end up really just laughing at them. Um, and I will say, like, despite all of that, I love Halloween. I try to decorate. I try to have good candy for kids. Um, but it sucked, to be honest. And I didn't do a lot of trick-or-treating because my parents couldn't really afford any nice costumes. So, you know, it was just kind of like a cat mask and like a black shirt and black pants. And there you go. You're a cat. Um, and so after a while, we just kind of stopped all together. But nowadays, I try my best to uh, make my house like the most festive one as that I possibly can. And yeah. My siblings with their kids, uh, they actually, my, my sister lives in a really nice neighborhood. So like they will go trick-or-treating around there. Um, and like you said, new, like it feels like they're 
needs to be more supervision than there were in the past because my siblings would just go trick-or-treating with me and even though like my one of my sisters is only four years older than me like that was enough as we were in a group so it's fine but I noticed that last year a lot of my neighbors set up tables in their driveway so that kids didn't have to go all the way up to their door and that it was visible to parents to see um and it'll be interesting to see what happens this Halloween uh, but yeah, Halloween sucked. <laughs> so interesting enough, like, okay, so Tal brought it up. So what is our plan? <laughs> Having kids, it's a totally different ball game, right? Like for me, I, similar to Tal, I grew up just like having poor experiences. I think I had two bad Halloweens in a row. I had my dad, I wanted to be Forrest Gump for Halloween and I had him give me a flat top, but it wasn't like those white walls on the side like Tom Hanks has. It was like, it was, I, you could still see the hair. And I was like, no, I want it sh- yeah. shorter. He was like, you look just like him. And I was like, I was like, no, I was like, not from that scene. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and then there was another one where I wanted to go out with a yeah, friend and yeah. they were like, well, no, he's a bad influence and you're a bad influence. So both of you together, it's like exponential and you can't hang out with him. And so after that, I just was like, forget Halloween. And even with my kids, it was like, eh. But I go, I do the thing where you can eat as much candy that night or the next day as you want. And then the rest of it's just gone. Um, I worked with at a school where they donated it to like overseas, to, like officers, right? Like military people. I think that I think that's pretty good. If you're looking for ideas oh, to get okay. rid of candy yeah. instead of just throwing yeah, it in the garbage gar- gar- like I have in the past. Yeah. Um, but no, for like this year, I mean, it's tough. Don't think. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. it's either people are going to just I don't I've thought I've thought about just buying candy for my kids now and then just being like here's your candy right like you, you can just have as much candy as you want of this um and we don't have to necessarily go trick or treating uh this yeah, year or maybe yeah. even next year who knows but eat, 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 here's some junk food totally yeah, I think that's the same thing we're kind of approaching like for us where I think um I know that all the girls do hula dancing in my family. Um, so they're all doing, I know they're doing some kind of thing where they're all getting dressed up and doing like this Zoom kind of thing, which is super fun. Uh, I think for the most part, it's going to be just like scary movies, popcorn, and then like getting them some candy. And so I don't think we usually go out every year, um, but obviously um, for safety issues and stuff, um, we're just going to stay and kind of keep it chill, you know? And I doubt like a, uh, so I think that's the that's the plan is just movies and then they're having some kind of like gathering on on, on the yeah. digital platform this year. Typically on a normal Halloween, what's going to happen is we buy candy and then some because we have to we have to predict how much candy my boyfriend eats before Halloween. Mm. And then we have to have enough leftover candy for him after Halloween. <laughs> And now I'm actually really concerned that if we don't have enough kids coming to our door, uh, because my other backup plan is normally I bring it to work and I I just shove it off to them or any hungry students. But now that I know there's a way to donate them or the candy, I might do that. Uh, But yeah, so there is a video game called, I think, Little Hope. It's by a company that makes these immersive horror games where the gameplay changes depending on the choices that you make. And it can be played by anyone because it's all quick time responses. You have to, you know, select. They're not necessarily puzzles, but they have options that will pop up on the screen. of Like, do you do this or this? And your choice will create sort of a butterfly effect with the rest of the story. Uh, They created one a long time ago called Until Dawn, which is brilliant. And it even has Hayden Pantier as a character. and. 
Rami Malik, I think that's his name. Uh, they were all motion capture. It's one of those things where, you know, while I would say I don't get that scared watching scary movies, it's another thing when it comes to video games because you're fully immersed. You are so focused on it that you don't know when the jump scare is going to happen. Uh, and so they started off with this bigger game and now they're making a shorter series of horror games. They did one that was like on a ghost ship last time. So this one is in a little town that uh, was previously part of the witch trials. And so, and it's multiplayer too. So we're just gonna sit at home, go online, play with our friend Ben, uh, and then see how many characters we can keep alive because so far, they've only managed to maybe keep like one person alive every time we play one of these. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. No, I'm good. I, I mean, yeah. So like the last story I was going to share with you guys before we kind of get everything out of here was a folk tale that I grew up with. Um, to, and to this day, it's terrifying. Even now <laughs> it's terrifying to me, um, even bringing it up. So I don't even know if I, so I'm going to do this justice. And I don't even know the name of this thing because I didn't, I didn't remember it. But I'll tell you, so I'm going to tell you a story and I'm going to tell you where I think the origins of the story came from. Um, so interesting enough, when I was younger, my mom and dad used to tell me that like when I was, because like on the reservation, you can just run and do anything. There was no real fear of like anything. Everybody on the reservation you're related to or you knew. Um, so we just run around, do all kinds of stuff, like stupid stuff, like, you know, like catch lizards, um, you know, mess with rattlesnakes. It was just, we're just dumb. Right. So like we even walk into the mountains and do like hikes in the mountains. And I remember seeing like uh, wild mustangs out there. We also saw, there was also um, mountain lions, coyotes, a bunch of stuff. And I don't know, like, I guess when I was young, we just didn't really compute that all the stupid shit that I did when I was a kid or my parents let me do, I wouldn't even at all attempt now as an adult without a whole bunch of weapons and bulletproof vests and stuff. So, so, um, but growing up there, we got, we kind of had the freedom to kind of explore and do things because it was very much just uh, open plain, right? Um, I remember when I was younger, my parents used to tell me that there was this, this monster. Um, it kind of, they had a name for it. I don't recall it at the moment. But so they would say that if you didn't come home when we told you to, that that so and so would come and get you. And I'll then like, and I'll then they told this this really young, right? So eventually, this monster evidently was a Bigfoot, like a Bigfoot character, and and she had a and it was a girl, and she had this big basket like a like one of those baskets those old native american baskets she'd wear it on her back and she would collect children and eat them that did like especially ones that didn't behave well and or stayed out too late at night um or didn't they are also didn't listen to their parents or mischievous and it almost kind of has the krampus feel but for us, it was more so, it was, it was not something that just happened during Christmas time. It basically happened all the time. So it was like, so therefore, like when I was young, I grew up with this idea of a Bigfoot that would basically a cannibal that would come down and snatch you while you were sleeping, if you were bad, or if you, or if you were just out too late. And um, so to this day, I remember when I still, when I, the last time I visited the reservation, which is probably about 12, 13 years ago, 
um, I still was walking around late at night and I still would, I would quicken my steps <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, the, in the moonlight because it's, it's still to this day would be in the back of my head that this thing was still out there because like I said, the stars and the moon lit up everything and that also lit up every shadow, everything in the, in the, as far as you can see as something moving in the, in, in the distance. Um, and, and if you, anybody is up on like my, the Union Street um, web comics, the Bigfoot character has been introduced with the one with, with the Indian characters, you know? So he's kind of, he's already been part of the stories I've been incorporating in was like some of my ones of youth. And uh, to that, to that day, that, that story is still terrifying. <laughs> so, and then, uh, and it still kind of has a thing. And so like, when I look back on the origins, there's also, you look at like, as I get older, I start breaking down the origins of that story. And there's always a Bigfoot story in every reservation that I know um, that I've been in contact with. And I know everybody has a Bigfoot story. Bigfoot, Bigfoot is a big part of Native American culture. And every reservation seems to have a story of one. Um, interestingly enough, every version of a Bigfoot character for these different reservations tend to have, or these different tribes or rancherias or reservations tend to have a Bigfoot character. And some are actually nice. Well, like if you're starving, they'll bring you food. Some will actually protect you from other, uh, protect you from other predators, stuff like that. And then there's ones like from my reservation that are just terrifying. <laughs> so, so and then it's interesting enough when you kind of go through that that you find a lot of that, um, those different stories and different things that kind of um, keep uh, growing and changing. But what I think the origin story is from is there's a there's a old Paiute story of um, a bunch of Paiutes because I'm Paiute um, that went, were in the mountains and they fought back a bunch of giants and um, a bunch of redheaded giants. They're gigantic giants in this old old folktale that were cannibals essentially. Um, there's some there's some really interesting pictures online of the of this legend. Also, I've seen the legend on um, one of the like the History Channel as well. They showed pictures of it as well. So there's actually some like actual folk tales about it. And so when we look at that origin of the redheaded giant cannibals, and then which is an old folk tale, and then you bring you know, and it gets whittled down, and it gets to where I am, and then you can see that the the redheaded giant cannibals actually turned into a Bigfoot type character as as society changed and as things happened, it started whittling down and changing generational to end up where it's a Bigfoot versus back in the day when it was a giant man that was a cannibal, right? So, and I always find those things to be fascinating. We find it really interesting that, you know, across every single civilization, there's always some sort of folktale that is told to children to tell them to behave or not to be out at, late at night. It's interesting that you say there's a lot of, you know, Bigfoot legends across all these different tribes, but it's depending on the tribe itself. They could be friendly. They could be scary. They could eat your brains. Um, and I wonder why that is. It, it makes me think of, you know, it makes me wonder what it is in each specific location or any instances in their history that forms these stories and, you know, makes them decide whether or not these beings are good or evil. 
Um, and that, you know, and that kind of leads back to like kind of the idea of a yokai, right? Yokais are kind of the or a kami in Japanese culture where they're they technically can kind of switch places. At one part, at one point, they can be de- like they can start out as something angry and be called a yokai, which is kind of a monster, and then eventually the people in society can actually change that that particular entity's. Um, uh, like it's, they can change it by instead of condemning that monster, they can start honoring it, and then it also then it turns into a kind of almost like a saint or god of protection, right? So, and I think that might have a lot to do with the origin stories in uh, Native American culture, where something can actually be um, changed based on a certain situation, right? So at first they came off like this this giant beast came out and destroyed you. And then the origin story is being like terrifying. And then at one point you're stuck in the forest and something saves you. And then all of a sudden the story changes to be more of something to look out, look for and, and also be thankful for. And I think those are, I think that's, I think that's really what it comes from. And, and really, and obviously, and obviously when it comes down to, it's also a folktale to keep children from doing, disobeying their parents and not listening and, everything i don't think i i think it's a terrifying way of doing things like now because i'm still a little bit traumatized by the stuff i was told um but, but overall it did work and i think it's the same thing with grim fairy tales i think it's in, in some line it's the same thing with uh, most scriptures most bible literature uh, most things are told in order to teach somebody a lesson and also teach them a way of avoiding uh, something that could be dangerous or life-threatening, and I think that's the idea of stories are. Even, even, even our. I think even our laws today are stories that are folk tales that are put into a situation that are saying, "Oh, well, don't do this. You're gonna go here. Stop. Red means stop." Like you, you're like, "Oh, is that? That's a law." You're like, "Nah, that's a story somebody told somebody, and now it became a law." <laughs> so, and I think so. Our society, I think, is is all storytelling supernatural things that I believe in and the things that I've learned from my mom probably stem from some sort of lesson. Uh, I know that in Vietnamese culture, ghosts are seen as beings that, you know, kind of like what you were saying about, um, about Kami, they could be good, they could be bad, they could be out to harm you. The range is very different. But what's common is that um, the belief is that ghosts form because they had some sort of unfortunate death and that they had something happen to them when they were away from home. And a lot of times these ghosts are just trying to find their way back, trying to, you know, have a proper burial. Um, And I think that's also where that ceremony comes from. Uh, And maybe that's just a way to try to instill some sort of fear to make sure that, you know, people stay home, that they stay with their families and also that they take care of their elders when they pass away. Yeah. Well, and then also be mindful of your surroundings, be mindful of others, be mindful of the idea that, you know, like, I, I like, like, you know, that like the, what I tell my daughters now, it's like, look, your monsters are real. And they look just like me and you. So you need to be careful and you have to be aware of your surroundings at all times and who you're around and what you're because you don't know because they look just like us. So, and then, uh, and I was like, so it's kind of one of those things where I think there's, there's also um, room for more folk tales and more to build off these things and create new ones for a new generation. And that's kind of like what storyteller's job is, you know, so 
Uh, what do you think, Spence? Well, I'm, I mean, I want to believe, right? Like in some senses, right? Like because <laughs> there's there's some of that that's like it'd be cool. I mean, it'd be it'd be cool if it was out there, right? I mean, like you're talking about a Sasquatch kind of character, right? But even even more so, like what, like Baba Yaga in a, in a way. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. that had me thinking of, right? That uh, just comes out of nowhere and just gobbles you up. But that isn't. I, I mean, like I'm, I'm not down with that. But, yeah. But like. Just the idea that there there are other beings that we don't really even know about, like that there was that documentary on Bigfoot, right, and Sasquatch, and how the guy was like up in Alaska, Pacific Northwest area, and he was like way up in the mountains, and then how they have like onlookers and just like this social like structure that is away from like all all the, the what this world is, and being able to still survive and like be able to do it on a high like in in a very cerebral and like low-key level right yeah where they're not being seen not being photographed yeah uh the same thing with like loch ness monster all these different things that you go i want to believe the real aliens i want to believe this but i was like why always why is all the photos always grainy man i can't get a good photo (laughs) now like every like everything is always terrible photos and even even all the stuff coming out of russia you don't even know what's real anymore and what's not yeah like (laughs) yeah yeah, that's the tricky. And then part. like, so I'm always tripping out about stuff like that. And every time like the Pentagon shows some like alien stuff, I'm like, why is the picture so bad? Like, you know, I, I think you've taken better pictures in outer space around Jupiter than you've taken of a spacecraft within the like within miles of where the camera is. And you're telling me you got better, better, better cameras in space. So I'm just like, yeah, I don't buy it. You know, so what do you think, Tao? You already know. I mean, I want to believe all this stuff is real, right? Like, I I feel like life would just be too boring if this was it. If what you see in front of you <laughs> is all yeah. there is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I want there to be more stuff. Like, and I was I was just talking to somebody recently, basically, you know, in, in our political aspect of stuff. I was like, and then I that, like, not to get too far into it, but the the only statement I said, I was like, is it going to take? A goddamn race of aliens to show up here and try to fight us for us to say, oh, you're human, you're human. Oh, cool. We're on the same team. Is that really what it's going to fucking take for us to just be cool with each other? Is that somebody else has to come that's a different species in order for us to acknowledge the fact that we're one species? Is it really that or be that stupid that we need something like that? Right. And, And then also I said, oh, then I was like, but then guess what? Years later, after we destroy them. And we they we put them on reservations, and then we basically make them slaves. And then guess what? Then they have sympathizers, and now they're going to get their rights. And it's going to take years for that. And then then it's going to take another years for them to get elected in any kind of office or any kind of thing. Also, therefore, we just start over again, so <laughs> do exactly the same thing we're doing right now. And I was like, Are we really going to have to do that in order to understand how stupid that, that sounds? Like. Are we really going to have to do that? That's, just this- that's a different episode <laughs> where, where where you have the sentinels, where you have the sentinels going after people and stuff, right? Yeah. Like the high, yeah, sophisticated yeah. So, sentinels. Well, yeah, this is off but on topic. Um, all this talk about extraterrestrial life makes me think of a comedic rapper by the name of Little Dicky, and wow. he has a song called Pillow Talkin' where he makes a hilarious but compelling argument for why there probably is life in space. Well, well, don't they have that scientific thing? I I forgot there's a theory on it, right? They do the math. Like, you do the math. 
you look at how many stars are in the sky, you 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 times it by whatever, blah, 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 blah. You do all this math equations and they say dictating using mathematics. They're saying it's impossible to have the, all these planets in the sky and not have life on other ones like math. Math, math dictates that there's life on other planets because it's math. Right. <laughs> so, you it know, requires like, us to believe in math, though. Right. Right. Totally. Totally. So, yeah. So anyways, that was that's the Halloween. I hope you guys I hope everyone out there that listens has a safe and covid free Halloween <laughs> and then have lots of candy, watch lots of movies um, and chill out and have a try to try to, you know, try to forget about what's happening right now within the day of the month of Halloween. Right. So I think that's the the best way to say it. So what do you got? What do you guys got for recommendations? There was one little thing that I wanted to add that I remembered. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Add it, add it in. We can do that afterwards. Yeah. So I feel like I'm giving my siblings a terrible reputation because I constantly call them liars. And this <laughs> isn't necessarily going to make them sound any better, uh, but it will make them seem slightly less like liars. One thing I did just remember actually is um, I mentioned that my siblings would tell me that there were instances where, you know, they would see things in uh, one of the beds at our old apartment growing up. And in this particular bed, and they did not tell me this until I was much older. So it wasn't like they were trying to scare me as a child. Uh, this particular bed was actually in the bedroom I would share with my two sisters. So in this bedroom, we had like a queen size bed where two of us would sleep. And then we had this other twin size bed on the other side of the room that someone would sleep in alone. And as a child, I remember I always questioned why I slept in that twin size bed. Like there were times where I was like, can I sleep in the queen size with you guys? And they're like, no, you sleep over there. And I always thought it was strange. It's like, why are you making the, little, the youngest sleep over there? Wouldn't you want to have your own bed? And it wasn't until much later when I was older that my sister was dead in it. They, no one died in it that we know of. <laughs> But my sisters would tell me that was the bed that they would see something in. And that's why they never wanted to sleep in it. And they wouldn't make me assholes. (laughs) (laughs) And so they weren't trying to scare me because they never told me about this. Well, they didn't want to scare you, but they did not want to save you either. They were like, they were like serving you up as like, like in a zombie movie, right? You're like, oh, I have this friend here. I'm going to trip him so the zombies get the friend and I survive. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, as for recommendations for this episode, uh, as someone who just loves horror, like actual psychological, you know, don't look in mirrors horror, not gory movies, uh, my recommendation on top of the video games that I mentioned before, like Until Dawn is great. I would highly recommend everyone play it. Uh, but there is a horror movie called, uh, I believe it's called It Follows. And it is an intriguing movie that is basically supernatural chain letter meets STD, where a person haunted by a supernatural being that's trying to kill them. And in order to save themselves, what they have to do is sleep with other people. And the more people you sleep with, the longer it takes for this creature to get to you because it goes to the last person that I guess contracted this curse. That sounds awful. Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) 
But check it out, right? Because wow. that's a good offering. Thank you, Tal. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump in and say I, I, I referenced it, but uh, op it's called Operation Gratitude Halloween Candy for Troops, right? So they're on a mission to thank every American who serves. Uh, they send it to uh, um, Americans who are overseas. Uh, they send it to alumni networks and other other things. There's also like soldierangels.org. Uh, I just ultimately <laughs> Googled donating candy to the troops, right? Uh, and awesome. and so that is something, I mean, if you're going to give your kids either that or I'd recommend a dentist, uh, a proper dentist to get those sugar bugs out of your kid's teeth. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Man, like expenses like super dad over there. <laughs> I'm going to offer up the, the movie Freaks. It's a uh, 1932. Um, it's by Todd Brownings and it's, it's, it's super, super creepy, but it's not as scary. So that it's basically, it's a, the, when I'm reading it, it says a circus, beautiful trapeze artist agrees to marry the leader of uh, sideshow performers, but his deformed little friends discover she is only marrying him for his inheritance. So it's, which is interesting is they used a lot of like real life, um, what they call freaks back in the thirties for, um, during the circus and they use them in the movie. So you have really little people, you have some deformities, some people with no limbs and it's a part of this movie and it's done in 1932. I saw it. I was just, when I saw it, I was just like kind of blown away by them using all these people with these, um, things that were all obviously part of a circus to begin with so it's also a, a it's an interesting um take on on a horror movie from the 30s um so if you get a chance check that out uh, it's available on any kind of um streaming service itunes whatever else we'll have links for that at um, hermes hermesrepair.com and lastly is that i grew up over by the reservation but on the way to a civilization like going towards reno nevada um, driving up from the reservation up towards Reno or out towards here to Sacramento, um, there's this place called um, Topaz, Nevada. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but they have a motel there in Topaz, Nevada that's called the Clown Motel. And uh, there's a graveyard not far from it. And every single hotel room has really creepy clown pictures all over every room um waste and it's a motel so it's just it's just awful so and they, i think they even have a collection of like clown stuff in the front room and like dolls and stuff and it's 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 considered the scariest motel in america and i've been to topaz and i'm pretty sure i stayed at that hotel when i was a kid um it's not okay. They were like, watching you. <laughs> I do. So we'll put a link to it and you can see it, but it's pretty close to a graveyard as well. And the hotel looks like a really rundown Motel 6, but with just clown stuff. I just want to start laughing it. like the Joker. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's, the, that's the one from, uh, that's what's his name? Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Anyways, but we'll put links to that so you guys can check that out. And also share a picture of the, the giants I referenced to you from the, the, the Native American folktale and as well. We'll share that in the blog. So, yeah. Let's throw in a happy Halloween on three, huh? Yep. One, two, three. Happy, happy Halloween. Halloween. COVID ween. COVID ween. Yep, yep.
learn from your experiences, and explore beyond your boundaries. Music by Quest Eons, produced by DJ Crumb, production by 